Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, which is DePietro.com. It's time for four uh, stories with Donna Perry. Joining us right now, one of my siblings happens to be an independent uh, columnist and opinion maker. And DJ, let's start off. Everyone's watching the Super Bowl. And then, boy, as soon as I heard the music, I said out loud, that's either... That's either the ad from when his uncle ran JFK or then I wasn't sure if his dad had resurrected it, uh, you know, as they were running. He was running in 68 for the California primary. But, um, boy, there it was a, a Kennedy commercial, RFK Jr. But there's a, a lot of pushback from within the, within the family that supposedly yeah. Super PAC ran this ad. Right, John. Uh, I agree with you and great to be with you. Um, when it hit the screen... <laughs> Um, and, and it was notable, let me just start out with the stylistics, because obviously so much of what the ads are, they're really just ads for more programming on, you know, the streaming of yes. CBS, which is notable. So every ad, and, you know, there were a few good exceptions. But so, you know, going in like that, very black and white, um, really of a long bygone era, uh, yeah. <laughs> as we know of our childhood or even before so um it started out it did get your attention i would say that way um and then obviously this pushback now i have to say um i have not been as critical of everything with rfk i mean there are people who just in the family they're you know they're kind of they're really against him in this run and the direction he's taken with it he is now to be fair now in the democratic party he jumped out if people aren't keep in score he is running as an independent right. um but he carries weight and the name does um and and in terms of the ad john i mean to me it was quite um obvious in this day and age obviously you can quite easily edit that and juxtapose images and you know it was but it was so notable it kind of had you know the sort of those cartoon images and the jingles and the very sunny music of you know those were really john political ads were really in their infancy when yes. you think of that time and that was really the jfk burst on the scene and and yep. this you know we all know the rest is history so and, i and geared for radio i might add because <laughs> not everyone had television great so. point Right. Which that's a great point, because so much of that time, the ads were were going to be probably largely heard by radio and and TV was nowhere near that. And the print. So the fact that they got that in now, I think, you know, it it obviously was meant to evoke those images. Um, It was obviously meant, John, I would say, you know, that that super PAC has a right just so people don't understand he is claiming and then he wrote on x later at the night or his cousins were uh, very upset by it and he said i personally my campaign did not have anything to do with the ad super PACs do this um john and you follow all this so intricately you know that right like they can run an ad and actually the campaign right there's supposed to be no communication no communication no no pre-screening it right now you can say that maybe (laughs) he had an idea of what it would look like that being said i think a demographic just taking away all the controversy around it they were clearly trying to evoke those images to reach a, a like a baby boomer or higher demographic let's face it um a jfk uh, period of time uh people who could have been very young themselves but you know so obviously there was a demographic they were going after um and just to kind of grab that piece of the pie look he's running um people cannot like his he was against the vaccine i don't choose to use the words of the left of an anti-vaxxer right um as time has gone on, and I think people are entitled to question many parts of how the pandemic mm. was handled. And I've said this many times. Yep. So that doesn't make you add this and that, and they want to use no. all these labels. And so listen, DJ, yeah. as we've talked about, he's very knowledgeable, never mind environmental. And yes. he's right about a lot of things about big pharma and the companies. If If people actually listen to him, and again, it's actually uncomfortable to listen to him because of the way his voice is strained. But yeah. he is—he's a very, can be a very compelling speaker, and he's very, very, very knowledgeable. I'm just curious if you think this was a gamble. It cost seven million. It's a huge audience. I think in some way, 
what are the opportunity would his camp or a PAC supporting him have to reach that amount of people? And whether or not people liked it or disagreed with it, it, it certainly got attention and got buzz. It, you know why I think it was effective? First of all, we're, we're talking about it That's right, right. now. Yeah. Uh, people talked about it across the country. The Super Bowl is the largest audience you could remotely have, as oh, we know. Not even close. Not even close. I mean, the NFL outweighs everything. So there's that. And, John, I, I you know, if you're in a campaign, you're, you're in it to not be behind a curtain you're in you're in it to get attention and right you know i also think timing wise it was actually in their favor biden had and i know we'll get to this a very bad week in my opinion and let's, um, get, let's talk about that. yeah why, you, know, you so, tell me why did biden have a bad week hey look i, I think the fact that you know you have an independent counsel they deciphered what they wanted to go through about him with the documents. The, they came out with that report. But, John, on top of – I, I want to just say this. Like, an independent counsel, is Biden – they said, go ahead, do it. Now, it was his own attorney general, and I know there's supposed to be all this brick wall between everything. Merrick Garland allowed that to go out that way. That's right. And the prosecutor, uh, the counsel – I think fairly said this is what it was like to interview this the president of the United States. Yeah. Um, that was tough, but I don't believe it should be hidden from the public. And and by the way, John, the way all this works is so they do that. Then he, whether he was furious that went out that way, it was grabbing, of course, every headline. Now, whoever really said send him out there and they're going to have a press conference about it. Um, I'm sorry. It's like, you can't hide this. And then his anger and sharpness. And, and then I I would say it allowed for what I think is, was really the million dollar question. And I've uh, the name of that reporter, I think for NBC um, it now it, it eludes me. But when she said, Mr. President, you have said repeatedly um, when people are questioning your age or your ability to do the job, oh, just watch me. And she said, yeah. Mr. President, they have been watching you. That's right. <laughs> 70 to 80 percent feel you are not up to the job. And John, yeah. boy, that was a stinging question. And she got a lot of blowback to just to do that from a lot of yeah. the liberals, depending on. Donna Perry, what I think was damaging about the report is it was believable. When you see him, and as you, I I think the numbers now, he's above 80%. He he has slowed down. If you even see him in an interview in 2020, he's not the same person. The shuffling easily gets rattled. Come on, this will go down in history that as someone is doing a press conference, say their memory's fine, they miss call and mix up the leaders of different nations. Yeah. I mean, it is yeah. it, the fact of the matter is they have a big problem on their hands. They, they went very full offensive this weekend trying to say he's totally fine. But what is your reaction to the vice president now? She gave an exclusive to the Wall Street Journal, Kamala Harris. Yep. I am ready to lead. In my opinion, this is a nightmare scenario for the Democrat <laughs> Party, where not only is he, he's clearly not up to four more years. But she now thinks this is her opportunity to grab the mantle. Well, uh, absolutely. And I I think what could be going on here is, and this is extraordinary, and this is not fair to represent this to the public. I, I have wondered whether knowing he is deteriorating, whether their game plan is he goes in knowing he can't make the four years yeah. John and and he wants in history his legacy would yes. be he hands over the president to That's the first right. black woman Correct. of the United States. Like I, yes. I I know people write about this. I think that's a hundred percent where they're going with this. Yep. They do not believe he could go the four years. No. And they God. are, in my opinion, her having that kind of a you know making those kind of statements john she they're trying to do in politics they call it they're kind of trying to soften that out slow roll that right um out in the public they're trying to and john they're doing the you know finger in the wind let's see what how much uh what a public opinion 
kind of, you know, how does it rally around this idea? I'm ready. I can lead. Um, and I do think it's like a soft, you know, polling device. Just let her say a couple of these things, you know? Um, I mean, this is very serious. And I, I just thought very serious. The fact that it, to me, that there's really just one of two answers. I mean, unless, and it's too late for the Democrats, John, to make another appoint another nominee, right? Because of the ballots in the states. I, I may be very wrong on that. I, I don't know. I feel like it's it's getting late in the calendar very soon. Well, they so, point out LBJ announced in March, but I, at this point, I think the pressure to see go on the first lady that whether or not she's going to supposed you know put pressure on him to step down. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro Show. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Lunch, dinner, drinks in the lounge, especially this time of year. So much going on. They always have a nice crowd right there. Full bar, large dining area right there in the lounge. Easy to get to, whether it's lunch or dinner. A great meal is waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Think of this. Since 1994, that's right, celebrating the big anniversary this year, I'll see you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. AEP Services. They take great pride in installing fences of all kinds, vinyl, wood, aluminum, chain link, experience, quality, integrity. Call AEP Services today for a quality fence, home or business, 401-228-7190, 401-228-7190. Residential fence, commercial fence, steel, wood guard, rail, they have it all. Beautiful aluminum product, decorative landscape. It adds a lot to it for your stunning property. Call the experts today, AEP Services, 401-228-7190. Residential or commercial, why not enjoy your backyard, a little privacy, or maybe keep a pet or young children inside. Remember, they also have fences. They're resilient, water-resistant. Call today, 401-228-7190. Free quote, AEP Services. The Fence Experts, 401-228-7190. We're speaking with independent columnist, opinion maker, it's Donna Perry. DJ, meanwhile, close at a home. Boy, a lot of pressure on the governor, Michelle Wu. How are they handling this migrant crisis? Uh, this, this is one of those situations where no one's happy the way this is being handled. Well, right. Um, and I, I think uh, Maura Healy and Mayor Wu, uh, you know, they're being a little too cute in how they rolled this out. John, they, they actually did not disclose in any great advance of time the degree no. to how many migrant families and and they're getting here um i don't know that that was always very clear to the amount of the numbers so first of all they are now getting pushback from a lot of different corners um they have first displaced what is really among boston's most you know low income minority uh family uh, part of a neighborhood and they, they took over the Roxbury rec center. And I know we may have touched on this before. Now that is already at capacity. They've put all migrant families in there. And I think that was wrong. They're displacing what is the vital after school program where you have sports and programs, which, you know, Michelle Wu, when she was running, John, all she ever does is run around the city saying, you know, this has to be the city for everyone. And and we have to, you know, have all these programs and we want the kids, you know, from school and have a place to go. They take over that. And all of those programs are displaced now through, yeah. through the end of the school year, which I think that was really wrong. And so they have the migrants in there. And Michelle Wu was then, you know, saying things like we want them immediately enrolled in the Boston public schools. The Boston public schools, John, first of all, can do cannot have enough staff. All the schools, they have violence and fights and they, they're trying to, you know, try to make a little more progress in these schools. So they, they're just allowing migrants. They are not here legally, putting them in the schools. Um, and then now, because of the overflow, 
they are looking at utilizing uh, an empty building, but that happens to be in the Seaport District, which is among the highest commercial real estate parts of Boston. Yep. Um, it's a building right off of, you know, Seaport Boulevard where yeah, Port Point. Um, Point, or that whole area. And it, it, it probably was just waiting for another tenant. So they want to put migrants in there. Now you're getting pushback from Boston city councilors, including um, uh, Ed Flynn and others. And they're saying, no, I'm sorry, that <laughs> this is not the way to do this. Um, so this is turning into, I think Healy and Wu are going to have some political baggage on how they're handling this. Um, and a lot of people in the state, John, I think they're just waking up saying, wait a minute, what, what's going on? You know, Donna Perry, finally, uh, president Trump certainly has raised some eyebrows saying that, well, if Russia wants to attack NATO, I said, Hey, if they're not going to pay up the hell with it. Um, it was taken as almost like, you know, extortion, like he's back yeah. in New York. But I'm just curious. I think it was an interesting observation over the weekend that the Democrats seem convinced they can make this election about Trump and feel if the election is about Trump, they win. But if the election is about Biden, much. I think that's that's very astute because the more that Biden, this age thing, it's not getting better. It's not going away. He couldn't do the Super Bowl interview. I don't see how he, he can't debate. He couldn't sit down for a, a 15 minute friendly chat with Gail King. Right. Um, I think it's and, and now they're responding by they're trying to go on social media and he's not going to do interviews. But um, I'm just curious how you think that may play out. I, I still think there's more pressure on who's the current president. So the pressure would be more on Biden as opposed to they want to make the whole thing about President Trump. Yeah, they absolutely do. Because as you say, John, they when they have a weak candidate. They yeah. have a weak incumbent president. Yeah. Um, you know, and so they, they want to, I, I would dispute that uh, a lot of the public, which feels mostly upset about the economy that has not you can say the economy's doing well but it's the the cost of everything that never came down since the pandemic um and i think that matters more to people they don't necessarily pay attention to these nato relationships you know that that is a bit of a talking point for more mm. the washington talking heads and i'm not saying people shouldn't be paying attention to that but on the other hand i think then the republicans have a strong hand to play to say well Okay, you have this very weak, sometimes incoherent president. Yeah. Um, and so if you want to talk about foreign relations connected to that, and he's saying, you know, he's calling the president of Egypt of, is the president of Mexico. And he <laughs> first, you know, it's all confused all the time. These yeah. are major issues. So if they want to, you know, hang the whole thing on saying it'll just be all about Trump and the more he talks um, that that's, I think, the strategy. The, let talk. Let Trump keep talking about what they think are wildly inappropriate, um, you know, just out of the realm ideas. And oh, I make just it... don't think it's resonating. It doesn't no. seem to be resonating you in know any why? way. Everyone you, just kind of right. shrugs. I think as long as it's such right. an interesting dynamic to me, because this isn't a policy situation. This is even people that may have voted for him and like him, you look and you say, he's too old. He can't do this job. He certainly can't do it for four more years. Right. And, so. and though their ages can be similar, but there's no question. Biden is just irreversibly feeble. And, yeah. and Trump just comes across energetic. He does. He, you cannot like yeah. him, but he does. So, he does. you know, we'll see. Folks, folks, again, it's Four Stories with Donna Perry. DJ, great job as always. And we'll talk to you again. You got it. Thanks. AJ, drywall, plaster, home improvement. Call them today for a free quote. You can also find them on Facebook, 401-323-9252. 323-9252. AJ, drywall, plasters, home improvement, frame to finish basements. What a difference it'll make in your basement. Acoustic ceilings. Look how beautiful your ceiling could be. New homes, additions. Also, commercial rehabs, painting, remodeling contact them today it's a family-run business aj drywall plaster home improvements call for a free quote what a difference they'll make in your home your ceilings floors basements 
9252. What a difference. Beautiful walls and ceilings. 401-323-9252. You can also find them on Facebook. It's AJ Drywall Plaster and Home Improvements for your home or business. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. You know, it's interesting right now. Um, the Team Biden, they're going to try to go into efforts to spin this, that he's fine, that he can serve, and they're going to try to go in the offensive with President Trump. I don't think it's going to work. And I'll tell you what else is is going to hurt, I believe, is going to hurt the Biden effort is the vice president, Vice President Kamala Harris, she did an exclusive with the Wall Street Journal where she essentially came out and said that she is ready ready to lead. And I, that is not a message. I don't think that that is a message that is helpful to them in any way because I believe that the vice president is even – she's even more of a liability. So something else very significant happened, and that is that President Biden lost the New York Times. Their editorial board unleashed, they call it an astonishing broadside, warning of a dark moment as it runs back-to-back opinion pieces, knifing the elderly president after the damning special counsel report. So the New York Times, the question is not if Biden should step aside, it's how. Uh, Maureen Dowd, Mr. President, ditched the stealth about health. So, and when you start to lose the New York Times, the challenges of an aging president, I mean, that says it all. They are not going to come to his aid. This is uh, a train wreck. I don't know where this leads. Kamala Harris, the vice president, saying that she is ready to step into the role. Now, I don't think that's the imaging that they want. So their new strategy, as I mentioned, is they believe that they are just going to go on the offensive. And also, there's a good piece in political. First of all, again, the vice president talked to the Wall Street Journal, gave them the exclusive. But Politico has a piece. Get used to it. Biden isn't going anywhere. They write the GOP fantasy crowd. So accustomed to a conspiracy, they're betting the Democrats will switch candidates at the last minute. Have they actually paid attention to politics? You know, I'm hearing that from people. And and there there are rules in place that people just shrug it off. It's kind of like the people that say that Governor McKee should be impeached. We don't have an impeachment clause in the state. Well, he should be recalled. Well, you can't recall him unless he's been convicted of a crime. So the, the political piece says the Republican refrain goes something like this. Democrats know we can't win. They're going to replace him on top of the ticket. Anyone around politics has heard it. And the assured predictions have reached a crescendo following the release of the special counsel report. On Sunday, even Nikki Haley said, my bet is 30 days from now. I don't think Joe Biden's going to be the nominee. She and the Republicans are about to look as bad as those who took the 49ers. So in this piece, they talk about it's just it's not as easy as people think. And I've been hearing this for a while. They go to the convention. Biden comes out on stage with him is Gavin Newsom. He says, OK, here's your new president. It's, it's not going to work that way. Um, Democrats had their back to the political piece. They had their chance to speak out against Biden running for reelection. They failed to do so. So, no, they now poised to intervene. It, it's not happening. And I've heard these people, they're going to get Michelle Obama. They, they, there is, it's actually too late to make a switch. And there was a moment when he could have stepped, stepped aside. He is the nominee. So, and they go back to the piece. They also talk about, you know, LG, LBJ did in fact, but they have changed the dynamics of how, the president is chosen within the parties. They also talk about consider the less most powerful figure. Bernie Sanders had a warm relationship with Biden. Um, he calls young Democrat parents when they're with him. Telephones give them kudos. Don't discount how much this means to politician politicians. But this business of secretly he's just going to step down and then hand it off. It just 
I, I know people think that that's going to happen, but I've been hearing this since January of 21. It's three years later, and he's still there. So, and now you have Vice President Harris saying she's ready to serve. I don't think Biden is going anywhere. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Propane Plus. Call them today. Heating and cooling in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209 in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359 for Propane Plus. Three generations you can always depend on Propane Plus for all your heating and cooling. Call them today, 401-885-4209. Three generations, they're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they're going to serve you for a very long time. They have a great user-friendly website. You just log on at propaneplus.com, and then you type in your zip code, residential, commercial, Propane Plus, heating and cooling, always there for you. Give them a call today in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209, in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359, the Johnson family, three generations, heating and cooling, you can always depend on Propane Plus. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Let's go to uh, recap on the hearings at the State House Oversight Committee regarding what happened with the bridge failure of 195. This is uh, Channel 12, part of their recap. But RIDOT Director Peter Alvidi apologized for how this closure has upended everyone's lives and vowed to get answers. I accept responsibility for this. Over the span of four hours Monday, House and Senate lawmakers grilled state officials during an oversight committee hearing on the Washington Bridge. Rhode Islanders deserve answers. DOT Director Peter Alvidi, the governor's senior deputy chief of staff, and an engineer contracted by RIDOT went over the bridge's design, when the critical failure was observed, and the process underway to determine how and when they can fix it. But many questions went unanswered. Is the bridge coming down? So yeah. I'm going to ask that I question. I want to know that too. Alvidi often deferred to the forensic analysis happening as we speak, an in-depth look at the bridge that he says will provide more clarity on the situation, including when pins in the bridge broke. That's not a sudden break. That's an old break. Hmm? While he wasn't at the hearing, Governor Dan McKee also faced scrutiny over his previous comments on traffic. People that have to drive on this bridge every day, how are they supposed to feel secure when we've got the leader of the state saying, oh, it's only 10 or 15 minutes, and everybody knows that's false. Alvidi doubled down on previous statements that closing the bridge was the best decision to keep people safe and got choked up when asked about safety. When I wake up every day and I go to sleep every night, that's all that's on my mind. Now, of course, there was much more discussed during that. There was. Um... <clears throat> I thought some of the voices, especially Representative John Brien, I, I mean, I thought he framed it very well. House Minority Leader Mike Chippendale, I thought he did a very good job. I want to play you some of the sound of it. Um, you know, it's tough because, in essence, they don't have the engineers. They apparently dumped uh, a load of documents on them. As they were, you know, I think on Friday is when they dumped the documents on them. And so they didn't get a full chance. You know, if you're some of the legislators, they didn't get a full chance to review a lot of the documents without a lot of notice of when when this was going to happen. So as far as the hearing... But I think Representative Brian, I thought he was very effective um, in pointing out just how ludicrous it was Governor McKee telling people. And, you know, it's just about 10 to 15 minutes. That didn't serve any purpose. And then one of the governor's key, key uh, advisors tried to run cover. But I want to play. This is Representative John Brian, who I thought he was uh, very good. Here's what it sounded like. That's the travel on 195. 
everyone feels and has seen it. God forbid that there's a, a flat or a fender bender. Everyone knows what that causes for backup. And I'm talking about when both sides are operational at full capacity. You know the kind of traffic that can be generated. Director, you said at the outset of your comments, you said, we are going to be honest with you. And I think that that's a very important thing that we all expect as legislators, as taxpayers, as citizens. But I guess the question I have for Mr. Allman is, I look back uh, and I see a post by Kim Colonian on X, and it says, and this is posted on uh, January 25th, and it says, Governor Dan McKee said yesterday that the Washington Bridge issues are only adding 10 to 15 minutes of extra commute time for drivers. Uh, he was pressed on that, and what are you experiencing behind the wheel? So I guess my question to you, Mr. Almond, is when we know that's demonstrably false, we see what's happening on the highways. I guess one question is, how is that at all helpful to the people in this room who have to communicate with their constituents? Because my constituents, and I think a lot of our constituents, don't have the will or the time or the ability to look at a pile of documents that's dumped. And I do agree with Vice Chair Casimiro. The fact that this is dumped to us on a Friday afternoon for a Monday hearing, it's, you know, that's just a whole separate issue. But I don't think that that's particularly helpful. But how are we as legislators and leaders in the state supposed to communicate with our constituents if this is the stuff that is coming from the top and if honesty is supposed to be the best policy here how are our constituents how are the citizens of rhode island the people that have to drive on this bridge every day how are they supposed to feel secure about and confident in the information that they're being given is accurate and real when we've got the leader of the state saying, oh, it's only 10 or 15 minutes, and everybody knows that's false. What are we supposed to say to our, our, our constituents? What is the governor saying to the people of Rhode Island? And how can they feel like what they're getting, as the director said, is the truth? Because that's not it, Mr. Allman, and you know that. And the governor knows that. So why double down on it? Excellent question. I wish I could say he was then given an excellent answer, but he wasn't. And Governor McKee basically sent staff members out there to field these questions, kind of get, you know, muddied up a little bit. But he doesn't care. And I want to go back to um, Rep. Brian um, after their what rambling response. Thank you. I think I would just merely comment that obviously we're in this hearing, we get these documents. An old boss once said to me, you know, you're bringing me the problems, bring me the solutions. And I think that's what we're trying to get to. We're trying to get the solutions. But we're not going to get the solutions unless we acknowledge that right now we have Carmageddon out there every single rush hour in the morning and at night. And we're trying to push the ocean through a garden hose. And we need to just be honest about that and figure out how that's going to get fixed and fast. Because we're going to run out of answers to tell people other than you're just going to have to wait. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, that's not what they want to hear. Well, that was the line of the day. Carmageddon. Folks, again. I think the reps, I want to credit them. I think they did their job. They did as much as they could. But the problem is there's no easy answers with this. Notice also Governor McKee was nowhere to be found. He could have strolled in. He said, oh, I'll, I'll take some questions here. Nope. Not Coach McKee. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. Stop in and see Marie, that historic white church. Shop local, inside, all quality products, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies. They understand quality, integrity. It's my health. It's all about your health, local products. I say 
honey, maple syrup, beef, fresh gum. You know, they carry over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce plus box herbs and teas, hemp and CBD products, and much more natural skincare products. Stop it and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. It's all about health for you, for your family. There's vitamins for children, all different types of teas, all different types of spices. Boy, what a difference it'll make. Shop local. Stop it and see the queen of health. It's Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. Right in that historic white church. It's all about health. It's all about your health. And it's my health. your oil needs make it henry oil call henry oil today 401-521-0200 reliable affordable fuel oil delivery call henry oil today fuel oil diesel gasoline delivery it's henry oil residential commercial fuel oil delivery since 1947 they also have budget plans service contracts lack lock and cap pricing you can depend on henry oil call them today 401-521-0200 serving most of rhode island and southeastern mass we got a long way to go with winter make sure that tank is filled call henry oil today 401-521-0200 henry oil a local family-run business since 1947 that you can depend on for all your oil needs, call Henry Oil today, 401-521-0200. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. I want to go back, House Senate oversight hearing, DOT in front of them. Someone I thought was very good is uh, Representative Solomon from Warwick. Listen to this exchange this going on time yesterday, on Monday. Great. Thank you. or Monday, I should say, Thank with you, the State House. Uh, Rep. Solomon? Here we go. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, is it a requirement that the load rating be posted on the bridges? Um, not if there's no... Not if there's no posting for definitive bridges. I think there's a standard amount if there are no limits on on weight limitations then i don't know that they're actually posted i'll check and we'll report back to you but i believe any of the bridges that do not have a weight limitation um are not posted but I'll, again i'll check and i'll get back to you on that okay so prior to december 2023 when was the last time the load rating had been posted for the washington bridge i be, i don't believe we've ever had to post a, a load limitation on the Washington Bridge. Okay. Uh, was it ever recommended that a load limitation be posted on the bridge? Um, I've, I've asked my engineers that they're not aware of any recommendations that came to them for posting the bridge to less than what its capacity is. Okay, I'm going to ask the same question to Jeff. Jeff, are you aware of any load limiting, uh, load, load posting requirements? I'm not familiar with that, no. Okay, how about for this particular bridge? Have you heard of it being requested that a load be posted for this bridge? Formally, no. How about informally? Um, I know we submitted an RFI. Uh, it may have been tied to what the, um, what the representative was, was describing um, that um, asked for uh, clarification on the, the load rating criteria. Um, that RFI was still pending. Okay, so what type of clarification was necessary? Um, we had done, an, an, uh, not we, uh, our sub-consultant VN had done an analysis um, and it was still preliminary in nature, but they were getting different results. Okay, had they questioned potentially the calculations, previous calculations of loads? Um, I can't speak to the details of it. Why can't you speak to the details of it? It was their analysis. Okay. Um, but you did read the analysis, correct? It's been a while. But you had read it? Um, I don't think I've read their analysis, no. I mean, I, I, I was part of the uh, correspondence. 
Okay. Um, just for clarification purposes, because I know there's been a lot of the media about NDAs being signed. Were NDA, any NDAs signed in regard to this particular project? Andy, we've never signed, nobody at DOT has ever signed an NDA. Okay. How about any contractors? Not to my knowledge. NDAs are not required by anyone at D DOT or our contractors. What we do require are confidentiality um, um, forms to be signed. And the reason for that is not, it's not a policy of DOT, it's a policy of Department of Administration and the procurement of projects. You don't want, during the analysis of a competitive bid or a competition for a design bill contract, we don't want employees who are reviewing those and assessing those, handing out information to competitors to give them unfair advantages. So people participating in that procurement process, a procurement process only, are required to sign confidentiality, not non-disclosure, confidentiality, which basically says don't tell the competitors what their competition is doing or pricing the project at because that is a conflict of interest. Also, in the conflict of interest, is the employee stating that they have no financial or other kind of personal ties to any of the contractors that they're doing the assessment of, which would give an unfair advantage if they favored one over the other, right? So they, the employees, who are only the employees participating in the procurement process and part of the decision-making and scoring of the companies, are asked to sign a confidentiality agreement that keeps the keeps intact the integrity and honesty of the procurement process. Outside of that, in terms of any of the work that we do or any of the discussions that we have or any of the correspondence that we do, there is no NDA or confidential agreement signed by anyone at DOT or contractors. Okay, so getting back, um, so there was never any concern as to the tension tie capacity Seven, being, over, being significantly overestimated? The, ten, the tension tie rod? Correct. No, this is the first instance of, of this. Okay, just, just wanted to make sure that's a okay. testimony being mm -hmm. told today. And my just final question here today is, you know, I just want to talk about the elephant in the room. I know there's a lot of by the way, if you have any correspondence in that nature, it would be helpful if you provided it to us so that Absolutely. we can make it part of our forensic uh, and provide it to the forensic analysis team. Absolutely. So that they can help determine what the what some of the problems are here. Absolutely, I'd be happy to. Great. But just kind of going back to the elephant in the room, because I know a lot of the testimony here today has been talked about and um, about the bridge with 20% match, et cetera, et cetera. And I think the people of the state of Rhode Island want to know, one way or another, definitively, is the bridge coming down? So yeah, I'm going to ask that I question. I want to know that, too. I, I want to know that as much or more than anyone in the state does. And the information that we'll be getting in uh, the next several weeks from these seven companies that we have defining the scope will actually provide us the information decisively that say, this is the scope of the work that needs to be done to create the new bridge that will carry people safely for a long time. And that will, the information we'll be getting will determine that. We'll give you the answer to that. Thank you. Now, I thought Senator that was um, Representative Solomon. I, I thought it was very solid. There were certainly some people that stood out more than others. It's it's. I find it a little tedious to listen to a lot of times they didn't have information. There were some things learned, but by and large, bottom line, I, I thought, you know, it was better than I thought. It was an opportunity for various individuals to, and certainly be a little aggressive with the questioning. And I, I did like the fact that some recognized the opportunity, nothing wrong with that, in order to get some of the spotlight, 
and show their constituents how aggressive they can be. I, I found it interesting that, that the East Bay seemed to be more timid than I would have thought because they're impacted the most. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Do you need a good plumber? I found the best plumber, JMB Plumbing. Call them today, all your plumbing needs, 401 743 9153. JMB Plumbing. They've been providing plumbing services for years. Skilled professionals stand behind their work. Guarantee you will be happy. Maybe it's repairing damaged water pipes, repair clogged pipelines, maybe replace a, a water heater, as well as all your plumbing needs. Call them now. It's JMB Plumbing, 401 743 9153. Nothing throws off your life or your home or your business. When you need plumbing service, you need someone reliable, someone who's professional, someone who'll handle the job and do it right. It's JMB Plumbing. Call them today. 401-743-9153. JMB Plumbing. And look for them on Facebook. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. So it's a snowy day, if you can. Uh, good day to stay off the roads. We already know the roads have been a problem to begin with. I can't imagine getting on the roads is going to get any better. If you get a chance, uh, if you'd like to hear or read, I should say, read about the Davies uh, Vocational Tech, the 15-year-old student, teacher there, I interviewed uh, the student's mother last night. We have the video up on the uh, website, depetro.com. <clears throat> this is um, a continuing. The state police are investigating. The state police don't believe there's criminal. The behavior by the teacher, based on the evidence so far, could change, but uh, you can see for yourself, wildly inappropriate. And I want to take issue with some of the comments from, um, I understand other teachers want to support their colleague and the teachers union, they feel they want to support their colleague. But this notion that, hey, you know, love is love. And, you know, that, 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 that you're talking about a 39-year-old teacher and the allegations are, that there was inappropriate conduct towards a 15-year-old student. And if the text messages are authentic, if the voicemails are authentic, again, I want to reiterate, these are just allegations. Everyone deserves their day in court. But if they prove to be authentic, I, I take issue with this notion of love is love. This... It's, it's, it, it is irrelevant that, you know, a same-sex relationship situation, th this is, it's inappropriate if, if it all pans out. The conduct is, the teacher is the one in the position of authority. The teacher has the student in the class uh, texting, voicemail, supposedly even taking the student places, giving the students gifts, but the the what's what's inside of the text, certainly in the voicemail, again, if everything washes out, certainly seems to be very controlling, manipulative behavior. So for the teachers union to try to, or at least one member of it, to try to dismiss this as love is love. It, it's, no, it, it shouldn't be the situation. The student is there to learn from what we understand. And again, according to the mother who I interviewed, happens to be a good basketball player, just wants to focus on her schoolwork and basketball. You have a mother that's, you know, wants to see the full potential of her daughter, see how far she can go. That, that is not a matter of and shouldn't be dismissed the way some people are trying to dismiss this as love is love. Love is love would be two consenting adults or even even if it was two teenagers that may be in some 
form of a relationship. But no, this is, this should be, she's 15 and the teacher's 39. So this business of some people saying, well, you know, that's their private business. Love is love. It's no, 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 excuse me. It's not their private. She's the teacher. <laughs> she's the supposedly Western Civ teacher at the school. It's totally inappropriate. And the, the, again, the voicemail, if it all is in fact, authenticated authentic of you know leave the, this is just between us and don't tell anyone what we talk about and and you need to be loyal to me and all this other stuff no that people are confusing this is not a matter of oh well you know if it's a if it's a same-sex relationship it's no one's business there should be no relationship regardless of that if you have a teacher at a school who happens to be in this case 39 doesn't matter whether they're 39 or 29 or 24, whatever. It's the teacher in the pupil. Wrong. Absolutely not. This cavalier attitude that people try to dismiss. And as far as, well, it's no one's business. No, it is people's business. There are other people that have children at the school. Ridiculous. So the teacher's out on paid leave. You can read about it on the website, dipetro.com, and hear the interview with the mother of the student. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. When it comes to insurance, you need a neighbor, a partner, and friend. You need Chapa Insurance Agency. They're located right on Reservoir Avenue in Cranston. Call today, free consultation, 401-900-INSU, 401-900-4678, Chapa Insurance SIA, Stephen, very experienced, whether it's auto, home, renters, business insurance, flood, recreational, umbrella, any other protection for your assets, Rhode Island and Massachusetts, Shapa Insurance Agency, your agency of choice. Call today, set up a meeting, they're so knowledgeable, can have everything under one roof. Call Shapa Insurance today, 401 900 I-N-S-U or 401-900-4678. Look for them on Facebook. Again, located Reservoir Avenue in Cranston. Shapa Insurance Agency. Your neighbor, your partner, your friend. One-stop insurance solutions. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, lunch dinner drinks in the lounge especially this time of year so much going on they always have a nice crowd right there full bar large dining area right there in the lounge easy to get to whether it's lunch or dinner a great meal is waiting for you at the lodge pub and eatery think of this since 1994 that's right celebrating the big anniversary this year i'll see you at the lodge pub and eatery 40 breakneck hill road in Lincoln. Follow on the scene live stream. That's our Facebook live stream page. You can go to the website depetro.com. There's a link there or on Facebook. Just find the John DePetro show. That's where we do the on the scene live stream. Follow all the action. Make sure you follow our Facebook page. <laughs> 